Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hey, hey. All right, let's do this. Last week, I did an episode on sugar and the impact of sugar on mood and depression. And I will link to that in the show notes for this episode uh, because there are a lot of similarities, I think. And today I'm going to be tackling an equally and perhaps more serious topic. And we're going to be targeting kids and the link between children and nutrition and then health issues ranging from hyperactivity all the way to the autism spectrum. Now, I want to say too, if you don't have children, or maybe if your children are grown, this stuff still applies to adults. The nutritional issues and their impact on mood, behavior, attention, and cognitive health are absolutely relevant to adults. It's just that children are more sensitive to them because they are younger and because they are smaller. And I'll of course say... I am not a parent. I do not have children of my own. And I'm not criticizing parents. I understand that parenting is a very hard, round-the-clock job. And I know that many of you are doing an amazing job. But I think that many more are underestimating the impact of processed foods and sugar on their children's health. I just, I really believe that to be true. And I think that in general, we look at anything sold in the grocery store and believe it to be food because it has a label on it. But what is food? And does everything sold in the grocery store really deserve to be introduced into our bodies and more importantly, introduced into our growing children's bodies? And I just think that some things aren't fit for consumption especially for children. And this is not an argument for being a perfectionist or being a purist. You guys know that I am not by any stretch a purist. I'm not a paleo purist. I'm not a primal purist. I'm just not a pure kind of girl. That is not my thing. But I do think we have to be careful and we have to look at food as fuel, not just for energy, but as giving our body the raw materials to grow and function and operate. And many children and many adults are overfed, but undernourished. So it's not a matter of not enough food, but it's a matter of too much food with very, very low quality food. Lots of fuel, more than we need, but not enough quality, not enough nutrition, and not enough variety to ensure that our growing kids are getting the nutrients they need on a regular basis. And this is also not meant to be some alarmist thing to make you panic and freak out and obsessively read food labels. How about just focusing mostly on foods that don't need labels, right? Real food. Not something that someone is producing in a plant from God knows what and then putting a label on and selling as food. 
And I also want to say, so many caveats today. I also want to say that I know that when it comes to behavioral issues or hyperactivity or certainly to anything along the autism spectrum, there are a lot of factors, right? It is not just nutrition. There is the emotional environment, the academic environment, the genetic environment. But I think as a culture, we have drifted too far from focus and emphasis on nutrition and health because food is not just fuel. It's not just, oh, the kids need something on their stomach to get to get out the door in the morning. It's this food I give my child is raw materials that their cells not only use for energy, but also incorporate and it becomes a part of you. Like the phrase, you are what you eat, isn't just a cute cliche. Literally, you use that, you incorporate that into your body and it determines the picture of your health. Nutrition influences everything. Mood, immunity, energy, focus, attention, metabolism, body weight, sleep, genetic expression and disease development or lack thereof, right? And there is a significantly growing body of research indicating that nutrition plays a role in attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity, autism, allergies, and pretty much every health challenge that we are seeing on a dramatic rise in kids, right? And I think part of it, to be fair, there is an increased rate of diagnosis, especially as health professionals become more aware of things like ADHD and autism and more aware of the diagnostic criteria and symptoms, and also parents and teachers becoming more aware. But it is not just an increase in the rate of diagnosis. It is an increase in the incidence of this. We are seeing more and more children suffering from these challenges that are influenced by nutrition, and we as a society and we as parents and as caring adults can make an improvement with things like nutrition, right? So we have seen an increase in processed foods, in the consumption of chemicals and pesticides and sugar, and they are linked. The incidence of autism has increased 273% from 1987 to 1998, right? And then if we look at 2005 to 2010, we see an increase of 91%, even though the total number of children receiving special ed services in schools has declined by 5%, right? So this is just more numbers, more children, more children experiencing these issues, not just more children being diagnosed, although that is part of it, right? We see an increase in the diagnosis of learning disabilities in children increasing by 30% between 1990 and 2000, just over 10 years. And yeah, part of it can be attributed to diagnosis and awareness, but not all of it for sure. I think sometimes we overlook what happens when we routinely feed our children low quality food, right? And understand too that when we do that, when we feed our children low-quality processed foods and a lot of sugar, it is almost always at the expense 
of high quality food. It's not that we still feed the same amount of high quality food and we've just added sugar on top of that. No, we have replaced the high quality whole foods with low quality processed foods. So it's a double whammy. Not only are we not giving them the nutrients we need, but we're giving them a whole lot of stuff that they don't need that can in in fact impair their health. And nutrition, honestly, is even more important for growing kids than it is for us adults, but we don't act that way. And I believe part of the reason we don't act that way is because most adults look at quality nutrition as a weight loss initiative, first and foremost. And that's not to say everybody does. I'm not I'm not trying to overgeneralize here. But most people as adults, when they want to clean up the way that they eat, they're doing so as a way of improving their physique, right? We're not putting our kids on a diet. They don't need to lose weight. So it's okay for them to have the processed foods rich in chemicals and additives and stabilizers and sugars. And that perspective is just flawed. We should not look at eating well as a means to an end with the end being looking good naked or losing 20 pounds. It is about health. It is about our brain health, our heart health, our longevity, our cellular health. It is not just about weight loss. And so as adults, we often make better food choices for ourselves than we do for our kids because, hey, we're trying to lose weight. They're not. I see this a lot with my one-on-one clients, the ones that have kids, right? They are so cautious about what they eat, but they're very quick to pump their kids full of processed foods because their kids aren't on a diet. That is not what we should look to food as, okay? Their young brains and their entire bodies are still growing and developing, and that is the most critical time for the very highest quality nutrition that we can possibly manage. Early nutrition, early, early, like in utero, during pregnancy, impacts cognitive function, right? Not just when they're young, but also into their adult years because your brain is growing and developing and all of those connections are forming during childhood. And we also know that the origin of disease, whether it's diabetes or heart disease or obesity, can absolutely positively without question begin in childhood. Why do they no longer call type 2 diabetes adult onset? Because it is no longer rare to see it in children. That is nutritional. That is absolutely a nutrition issue. And this is not, I'm not today talking about childhood obesity. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. I'm talking about your normal healthy weight child and the impact that the processed foods and the sugars has on them. Good nutrition matters even more to them than it does to us. And we have to stop looking at good nutrition as a dieting pursuit or a weight loss pursuit because that gives us silent permission to really undernourish and often overfeed our kids, right? And then there are the issues that I want to spend more time talking about today related to mental health, behavior, attention, all of that. Plus, Let's not forget that we are teaching children how to eat, how to fuel themselves, and how to choose foods, and does quality nutrition matter or not? We're teaching them this by how we feed them when they're young. These habits begin very early on. And listen, if you are an adult who struggles with overcoming bad food habits, 
You do not want to instill those bad food habits in your children because you know how hard it is to battle them and you know that if they learn those poor habits young, the longer they live with that habit, the harder it is to change. So the struggle that you have right now is not a struggle. I know, I know it's not a struggle you want to pass on to your kids, right? And I don't think anybody with children or anybody who has spent much time around kids would argue that sugar has a huge impact on hyperactivity and attention. Have you ever sent your kids on a sleepover where they ate sugar all night and didn't get enough sleep? Nightmare on Elm Street, right? I mean, nobody needs a horror flick when you have a handful of children that are over-sugared and under-rested, right? And yeah, I could point to all sorts of research to validate that sugar is linked to hyperactivity and behavior issues and attention issues. But like, go watch a kid on sugar and you'll have all the data you ever need. But that is just the beginning. That is just the beginning. I know lots of parents will say, nope, you know, you can't have a cookie. You already had a cupcake or whatever. Sugar is just the beginning of it. It is not just a matter of cavities or hyperactivity. Nutrition in general has a massive impact on all sorts of mental and physical health issues. And when we look at the unbelievable increase in the prevalence of these kinds of issues with hyperactivity and autism, it trends right along with the increase in processed foods and has an inverse relationship with the decrease in whole foods, the decrease in quality, the decrease in prioritization of nutrition and nutrient density in food, right? There there are relationships. Is it directly cause and effect? There are other factors. Absolutely. I am not arguing that there are not other factors. There aren't genetic factors, environmental factors. Of course there are. But nutrition is undeniably one of them. And several months ago, I did an entire episode related to adults on nutrigenomics or the study of how nutrition influences the expression of your genes. Because if you're thinking, no, 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 I believe all of this is genetic, fine. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But the reality is that we can significantly influence the expression of our genes through nutrition. So you are not just like have to handle the cards that you're dealt related to your genetics. It's not that way at all. There are nutritional factors that can literally turn on or off the expression of your genes. We have that power. In some cases, we can either dial up or dial down the expression of our genes. And in other cases, we can straight up turn genetic expression on or off based on nutrition. And let's talk about some of those factors, some of the ways that we can do that. And the way that nutrition and lack of nutrient density impacts behavior, hyperactivity, the autism spectrum, and the expression of genes. And this is something that children are suffering from more and more. I mean, really, we're just, we're seeing a significant decline in the health of our children, just like we are of the, of the adults. But where does that leave us in 30 or 40 years, right? So, We're going to talk about mercury first. And I think a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I I don't feed my kids a lot of fish, so they don't have to worry about mercury. But you know what? You know where they are repeatedly being exposed to mercury? High fructose corn syrup. It has been repeatedly found. Mercury has been repeatedly found in low doses in products containing high fructose corn syrup right? And mercury is also allowed, 
allowed in trace amounts in certain food colorings, so long as the concentration doesn't exceed certain limits. But I mean, honestly, there's no amount of mercury that I feel like is safe. When we feed our children stuff off the shelf, we just kind of assume that it's safe. And I'm sorry, this is just not the day and age in which we can make those assumptions. We just we just can't, right? And if you think, oh, I kind of limit the amount of the amount of high fructose corn syrup my child gets. Let me just be really clear that high fructose corn syrup is found in almost every single processed food, whether it is a salad dressing or ketchup. I'm not just talking like Frosted Flakes here. I'm talking any processed food. Most of uh, processed foods, more than 90% of processed foods contain high fructose corn syrup, right? And I would dare say that most children, and maybe not your children, maybe you're the exception here, most children have some processed food item at every single meal and snack. Sure, maybe you throw in some fruit and veggies on the side. Maybe they have a couple pieces of non-processed meat throughout the day. But looking at a standard American diet, based on the consumption of processed foods, kind of could be like a drip feed of mercury, maybe, for some people. Maybe you're the exception and your family is the exception. And if you are, kudos, kudos, kudos. But per capita, we're eating about... 35 and a half pounds of high fructose corn syrup per person per year. 35 pounds per person per year. And if we look at the the years when we see peaks of diagnosis of autism spectrum disorders, they correspond with peak years for high fructose corn syrup consumption. And I am, again, I'm not saying there is a direct one-to-one relationship here, but I am saying that there's very likely a factor, and I want to tell you why. So there is a relationship between high fructose corn syrup and other minerals because high fructose corn syrup can deplete the concentration of other minerals in our blood that impair your ability to clear heavy metals and toxins like mercury. Okay, so there is an absolute link here, and we see it related to zinc, we see it related to calcium, all sorts of things. So we have to be aware that high fructose corn syrup and sugar in general leads to a depletion of other minerals that are required for detoxification. So if we are slowly introducing some of these toxins and heavy metals into our system and then simultaneously both depleting and not consuming through good quality nutrition, those minerals required for detox, it is a double whammy. Do you see that? I'm, I'm imagining you guys nodding along with me, so I really, really hope so. Um, so we're talking about two things here. We're talking about high fructose corn syrup and we're talking about mercury that can be in high fructose corn syrup and also can be in some food colorings. Why is this a problem? Mercury displaces zinc. And zinc is absolutely, positively, completely, unconditionally essential for removing heavy metals from the body. So when zinc is low, we have an impaired ability to clear out these heavy metals that we are accidentally being exposed through through diet and lifestyle. So they build up. Now that buildup is a really big deal in full-grown adults, but it's an even bigger deal in young kids. Let's switch gears here and talk about magnesium. And several weeks ago, I talked about magnesium. I did two full episodes on magnesium related to adults, but still, I mean, children are just, you know, little ones, right? Um, So same metabolic uh, consequences to magnesium deficiency. 
But we talked about how sugar and dark colored beverages increase your excretion of magnesium. So they lower your magnesium levels. We'll combine that with the generally decreased intake of magnesium when we when we emphasize processed foods and we de-emphasize whole foods, we create a situation pretty effortlessly where we have lower than ideal levels of magnesium. And just stating the research here, and I will link to some of this in the show notes over at primalpotential.com, children with autism have been repeatedly found to have significantly lower levels of magnesium in their blood than children without autism, right? And when you have low magnesium, that makes it difficult for your body to utilize and absorb calcium and phosphorus. And these minerals that we're talking about here, magnesium, calcium, phosphorus, zinc, they're needed for so many things, growth and development in general, not just physical growth, but brain growth and development, but also deficiency impairs detoxification, right? So yeah, you know, we're talking about detoxification of mercury and detoxification of things like lead. Maybe your kids aren't chewing on paint so you feel really good about it, but they're exposed to trace amounts in food, period. They just are. And when you're setting yourself up or you're setting your children up for deficiency in these minerals, right? Calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, zinc, you do not have the same ability to detoxify than somebody who was not mineral deficient, right? And we all know that lead is bad. We all know that it shouldn't build up in the human body, right? When it does, when we cannot metabolize and excrete it and detoxify it, I mean, the body is really brilliant. We really do have incredible ways of protecting ourselves and detoxifying and eliminating things that can be harmful. But when we don't give our body the raw material it needs, it can't perform those functions. And so those things build up. All right, let's dive a little bit deeper into the science because I love it and because it's relevant. And I want to talk about some of the genetic factors here. When we don't have adequate levels of calcium or magnesium, it impacts gene expression, okay? Remember, nutrition impacts the expression of our genes, period. And in this case, I want to talk about one specific gene, PON1, which is peroxinase 1. PON1 is dependent on calcium. Now, why is PON1 important? Because it is responsible for two things primarily, pesticide detoxification and controlling inflammation. It goes without saying that inflammation needs to be controlled, and when it's not, we see the origin of disease, all sorts of different diseases, not just heart disease or vascular disease, but lots of cognitive diseases are associated with inflammation within the brain, right? And we obviously know that it's kind of very, very important to be able to metabolize and excrete pesticides, right? Where do these pesticides come from? How are our kids consuming pesticides? How are we consuming pesticides? Primarily, grains. Grains and corn, okay? So, PON1, this gene is dependent on calcium, and we need PON1 to function optimally so that we can excrete and metabolize pesticides that we're naturally exposed through through food and so that we can control inflammation, right? The activity of PON1 has been repeatedly shown to be very impaired in individuals all along the autism spectrum. And when we are mineral deficient, which can be caused by high fructose corn syrup, sugar consumption, lack of whole foods, right, and processed foods that impair the absorption of these minerals, we decrease the activity of PON1. 
that is a problem. Now, it's obvious why children would be impacted more significantly because a smaller amount of pesticide accumulation, just a tiny variation in that PON1 efficiency, would have a more significant impact on a child than on an adult, right? But there's more than that. This PON1 gene, critical for detox and inflammation, is related to age. So PON1 activity is naturally much lower earlier in life, and it naturally increases in activity as you get older. So if you're already more susceptible to toxins when you're young because you have less activity of this detox gene, but then you add onto that more exposure to toxins through poor nutrition and nutrient deficiency that reduces reduces your ability to remove them, you're kind of creating a nightmare situation. And all of these toxins and this toxin accumulation, it's not just autism spectrum disorders that we're worried about here. They have been associated with lower IQ levels, with behavioral issues, a whole spectrum of things, right? When we look at what causes this pesticide exposure, again, we're looking at wheat and we're looking at corn. And if you think, well, my kids don't eat a lot of corn, what do we use to create high fructose corn syrup? Corn. So our number one exposure to corn in this country, in America, and probably in many others, is high fructose corn syrup, right? And if you're listening and you're thinking, well, my kid doesn't have behavioral issues or my kid isn't hyperactive, my kid isn't on the autism spectrum, keep in mind again that the way you feed your child not only is establishing their nutrition habits, but are you giving them the raw materials they need for everything? Are you setting them up for a lifetime of health or are you setting them up for a lifetime of disease, right? Plus, children who consume more more sugar have been shown to suffer from more colds, have more allergy issues, acid reflux, um, croup, weakened immune response, because we've talked before in previous episodes about the microbiome and the balance between good bacteria and bad bacteria. And when we consume too much sugar, that really screws with the balance and can weaken the immune system at a time when they really, really, really need it to be strong. So let's kind of wrap up with practical implementation. If you are a parent, what do you need to do? Don't panic over food labels, right? I mean, they're certainly important, but I would say work towards really minimizing the amount of food you bring into your house that has a label and really work towards emphasizing whole foods while minimizing processed foods. Focus on fruits and vegetables and also a variety of fruits and vegetables, not just the same ones. And I know there are a lot of picky eaters out there, but you can absolutely get creative. I mean, Google search will return thousands of results, tens of thousands on result of results on how to get creative with fruits and vegetables for your kids, either in soups or purees, adding those purees to meatloaf or meatballs or smoothies and all sorts of different things. Also, a variety, not just of fruits and vegetables, but of meats and nuts. And get them involved. Involve them in the process and help them fall in love with food and help them fall in love with how important it is to care for your body and how much better you feel when you eat well. It's not about body image. It is about quality of life and health and longevity and cognitive abilities and mood and all sorts of things. And for your very picky eaters... Go ahead and start on a multivitamin. I mean, you guys know that I am all about getting your nutrient needs from fruits and vegetables or or from whole foods in general, not just fruits and vegetables. But I acknowledge that there are a lot of kids that are really, really picky eaters. So do what you can to get a multivitamin in those ones. And if and when you can, reduce your exposure to pesticides and toxins by 
purchasing organic, right? And I've talked before about the prioritization when it comes to fruits and vegetables. Things that you peel, like a banana, uh, is less important to buy organic than something where you're going to eat the uh, the peel, like an apple, right? Because you tend to see more pesticide accumulation in the skin or the peel. So if you have to prioritize what to buy organic versus what to not buy organic, if you're going to eat the outside, like grapes, right? You're not going to peel your grapes, then that would be more valuable to buy organic than, say, a banana where you're going to peel that. Um, And then realize that you're teaching them how to eat and how to prioritize your health and never, ever, ever underestimate that. So I hope this was helpful. If you have questions, if there's anything that I left out or an additional topic you want me to cover, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear about it. And we will wrap up with what I ate yesterday. Started the day with black coffee and two eggs and a half of an avocado, just like raw avocado that I put some salt on. I love raw avocado with salt. I think it's amazing. Um, had more guacamole later after my workout. I had a bowl full of chopped chicken with probably a quarter of a cup of guacamole and then munched on two handfuls of sweet potato chips later. It was a a hungry kind of day for me. Um, and then dinner was a very large plate of cabbage and half of a steak. So that's what I ate yesterday. I hope you enjoyed this episode again, guys. Um, Feel free to email me anytime. You guys know that I'm very responsive with that. And share this episode with parents. I think it's really important for all of us to not look at nutrition as a means to weight loss or improving our figure, but really as the key to health and happiness and cognitive function and mood stability and longevity. So we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a wonderful day. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.